Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and John Mallory. JM, how are you, buddy? What's up, pal? How you been? Good. Kind of looking forward to being back in the studio with you guys. I know. You just said off the air you're, you're heading, making the trek back uh, yeah, today yeah, as, we'll as, 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 we're, as, as people we, are watching the show. As we speak, what time yeah. is it? Let's see. It's 6.30. As we speak, Ellen and I are in Savannah, Georgia right now. Now, but you're we're stopping really there just Florida. for a visit? You know people? Or what are you doing? No, no, no. We'll just, uh, we like Savannah. Stop, yeah, have nice. a little dinner. Yep. Stay at the hotel and then yep. move on. Yeah, we take our time coming back. That's three, good. Three, three nice four days. Kind of like a little mini vacation. It goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. But you know something? We're ready to come home. I miss uh, New England. Miss yep. Boston at this time of year. Yep. Well, I we miss, miss you. We miss you, too. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> All right, listen, before we bring in Brian Dwyer from REA Auctions, our headline uh, guess what it has to do with? Over 3,000 items, including a PSA 9 1955 Tops Roberto Clemente rookie card, are on the block at Robert Edward Auctions as it rolls out its spring auction. The last PSA 9 Clemente rookie card, JM, sold for $1.05 million. The auction also features several other notable classic cards and high grades, including Jackie Robb's 1949 Bowman PSA Mint nine a psa 9 1955 top sandy koufax rookie billy russell's 1957 tops rookie card 7.5 and jimmy brown's 1958 tops rookie card sgc 8.5 among the memorabilia was an early babe Ruth single sign baseball rated in 8.5 by psa with a mint nine signature, a single sign 1921 Christie Matthewson baseball dating to the 1921 testimonial game at the Polo Grounds, a 1940s Josh Gibson Type 1 photo, and a circa 1913 Type 1 Joe Jackson photo by Charles Conlon. Wow. For more information, you got to go to the REA auction site. If you want to read more on this auction, you can also go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. Sports Collectors Daily, our buddy Rich Miller and his staff, they do a great job. Now, Zap, were you pals with these guys? Jackie Robbs, Billy Russell, Jimmy Brown. You, you can kinda... I tell you about the Billy yeah. Russell story? Actually, I saw Bill Russell. I bet you I saw him as a kid play 20 times. Yeah, you told me you used to go to the games. Yeah. Yeah, we used to, you know, two bucks. And two you, bucks. and like it was, there were, you could get seats. It wasn't the Bruins. Two were the, bucks, third The balcony. Bruins were the attraction, not the Celtics, even though they were exactly. winning. Exactly. Yeah. The Bruins always draw, the Celtics couldn't draw flies. Right. I mean, you go to, a, on a Sunday afternoon matinee game, maybe 4,000, 5,000. Yeah, people. right. <laughs> we used to pay two bucks, start up in the third balcony and wind up on the floor. I yeah. Mean, that's how we used to do Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. But, uh, and those were, and you know, those there were some great teams. I mean, I saw some really good teams. But then towards the end of his career, 69, 68, you know, he started slowing down. Yeah, but they were good. They, yeah. they came in fourth, I think, in '69. Still won the and NBA. they won it. Yeah, that was when uh, Jack Kent Cook had the balloons up at the forum right. in L.A. and they never came down. Right. That's correct. That's <laughs> correct. All right, listen, we have a good show today. Brian is uh, joining us. Brian Dwyer from uh, REA Auctions, and a little later on in the show. 
Jared Cavley from Pristine Auctions. They're kind of friendly competitors. So let's bring Brian right now. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Congratulations on the four-year-old and the two-year-old. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> like I got a new kid every time I see you guys. <laughs> how you doing? Things are well? Things are great. Yeah, I got this uh, big auction like you just read, biggest ever. Yeah, this thing is it's unbelievable. I I, it's I unbelievable auction. It. Like I had, I had all my questions for the show done like on page two of the. It's like it's ridiculous, you know. <laughs> it's Brian. It's <laughs> an, an auction like this. Okay, so when do you start bringing in consignments for an auction like this? In other words, I know that like all of a sudden your phone didn't stop ringing. Is this is this memorabilia and are these cards that you've kind of been stockpiling over a period of time? Well, I mean, you know, we have three major premier catalog auctions every year, and that's in addition to the seven or eight monthly encore auctions that we have. So we have about a hundred, 110 day uh, auction cycle to build these auctions. So a lot of the materials come into us in the last three or four months. Um, we do get some big collections, like we're working on a big collection of memorabilia and autographs right now that we picked up in January and we'll sell throughout the year. But uh, a lot of it's a big, a big three month sprint to the finish. Hey, Brian, when you have an auction like this with so many great items, and we're going to get into the specifics. I mean, how do you decide placement, you know, on the auction, on the website, you know, so people see what, you know, I mean, it's, it's packed. Like you can go six, seven, eight pages deep and still see great stuff, but how do you decide what goes on that front page? What, and just the placement on the website, because I think that's kind of an important part of, presenting these these items yeah so you know we've always taken the approach of let's make it as easy as possible for our uh, for our bidders so we run everything chronologically and okay. then we we will uh we'll run them chronologically by sport or by theme yep and then we pick about 15 or 20 what we call featured lots and so featured lots are generally <clears throat> the items with the greatest value you know you alluded to that roberto clemente card that's a million dollar card that's going to be up front we've got a couple other six-figure cards and memorabilia that'll be up front. But, uh, you know, deep in the book, there's still 50,000, 75,000, hundred thousand dollar items. So you gotta, you gotta really look at every page. Brian, you know, just to, con uh, to continue on, on that, uh, uh, on that question that John just asked you. So I, I mean, I, I'm cheap. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so when, when there's an auction like yours, the first thing I do is I go towards, towards the back of the catalog because in my mind, am I wrong, but that there are things there that are not going to get the bids that the items in the first four or five pages get? And there are some, I mean, like there's some gold in there. I mean, is that the case or am I wrong? Well, you know, I think what you're discounting is that uh, for every guy that collects just these six-figure and seven-figure cards, there's other guys that are looking for only Pokemon cards or only presidential yeah. autographs or only contracts or checks or photos or whatever the case may be. So when you bring, you know, 10,000 plus 50,000 plus eyeballs to an auction, um, every page is getting looked at and it's tough to find stuff that falls through the cracks. But, you know, we do, uh, we do have a wide array of material and we do have items that'll go for a couple hundred dollars in this auction. So you can, you can be a player even if you're not writing a million dollar check. 
there are a lot of items that stand out, Zap, and I know you'll, you'll back me up on this. You have to just kind of stop and click on it. The, the, the Christy Mathewson signed ball, I mean, and you have a Ruth Huge. signed ball too. I mean, but, you know, and I, not, to, not to poo-poo the, the babe, but, you know, I, the Christy Mathewson stuff, there's just a mythical quality about that guy. You know, can you talk about that item a little bit? Yeah, so that that autographed baseball actually comes from that collection of autographs and memorabilia that I alluded to earlier. So that was a big collection focused on Hall of Fame signatures, and it had a signed baseball uh, from almost every Hall of Famer. And so that Matthews ball is really special. Wow. I mean, he's an incredibly tough autograph. He's an incredibly valuable autograph. Yeah. This one comes with a full LOA, and it's got that very special uh, tie to the testimonial game. So, you know, Matthewson stuff commands because it's rare and it's desirable, and it was really special for us to to get this one in. What year was that from? Sorry, Zab. What year was no, that from, okay. Brian? 21. So, I mean, I, I'm, I always marvel at the fact that the signature, I mean, it looks really good on the site, that it, that it stayed so clear and legible. Over, the, over that many years. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, we've seen stuff protected in a lot of different ways. I yeah. mean, we've seen stuff uh, come to us in 40-year-old tissue paper or, uh, you know, 100-year-old newspaper. So I think that people, and especially with the Matthewson ball coming from that significant game, I think people understood that it was, uh, you know, not a ball to be played with necessarily. Right. <laughs> you know, uh <laughs> Chris, there's something mis- there's a mystique about Christy. Madison. There is. I, there I agree. Is. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, John. I have that piece. Uh, I know. Brian, I, I know. That is my. I will. I leave that in a safe. I very seldom just take it out to look at it. I have a. Uh, it, you know, it's 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 a nice piece. It's a uh, John uh, uh, Brian. It's a uh, first edition uh, uh, pitching in the pinch. Signed by Christy Matthewson. It's a cool piece. piece. And I just love, it's a great signature. I just like, every once in a while, I'll just take it out, open it up, and stare at the, at the, <laughs> at the, uh, at the signature, and then and just close it and put it back in the safe. Something about Christy Matthewson that just uh, uh, resonates. Yeah. And also, you know another guy? Walter Johnson. Same thing. Those two guys... But whatever, maybe they were just because they were just great guys, nice, nice, nice guys. They were quite, you know, quiet demeanor. They weren't, they weren't as out there as Babe Ruth or even a Ty Cobb. Yeah. You know, they they were just quiet guys. You're right. You're right, Zap. You hit that right on the head. Brian, tell us about the Ruth Caramel. Which one? We've got. Uh, I know. We've got yeah. some great. Uh, we've got some great ones to choose from. I mean, I assume that you're talking about lot number one. Yes. So, Thirty-two U.S. Caramel Babe Ruth PSA eight. I mean, this is such a special card. When I uh, when I first got the email about it, I, I kind of doubted that it existed. I mean, this is a card that has not come up for sale in this condition in a very long time. Uh, sevens are knocking on the door of a hundred thousand dollars, and so to get an eight is is really special. Uh, I think it's been almost a decade since one of these has been sold in that condition. So we were thrilled to put it in the auction. We were thrilled to make it lot number one. And already it's got tremendous interest um, because people know how how rare the opportunity is. What's your prediction on that, may I ask? If you had a venture, a rough you guess. Know, you know, <laughs> those, those are cards that are really tough to price. I mean, the clearest comparison would be a Gaudi card in an eight. And so you see Ruth Gaudi's wow. go for four, five, six hundred thousand dollars. I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility. I mean, Gaudis are obviously more widely collected than U.S. Caramel Ruths. But I think that anybody that's looking for a really rare card, uh, looking for an iconic card of Ruth, or is just building a high-grade Ruth collection, I mean, they, they'll need or want this. So um, I, think, I think it'll surprise some people when it ends. 
Brian, you have some really neat photos uh, in this auction, and uh, Zap actually mentioned one of them in headlines that really kind of stood out, and that's that that Josh Gibson photo. Was it 1950, 51, I, I think it was? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because it's another one of those guys, I think, that has a mythical quality about him. Absolutely. I mean, so th this Gibson photo, we sold it several years ago. We're now reselling it for the buyer from that auction. And I loved it then. And I, I, I love it even more now. It is such a great image. It's the image that's used for his Toleteros rookie card. And images of Gibson from his playing days are very rare. They are. Uh, ones are even rarer. And anything that's associated with a card, and especially a rookie card, has just gone to um, incredible levels recently. So this ticks every box. It's it's just stunning. It's iconic. It's it's rare. It's mythical. I mean, it's just a phenomenal photo. Do you get a lot of that? That you know, this sort of. I'm sure you get a lot of return customers because you guys are great at what you do. But someone that maybe bought something from a previous auction now coming back to sell it. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, we're we're very fortunate to have uh, loyal you know loyal buyers and sellers, and they know that when they bought it from us, they they uh, they got a great item, and they probably paid top dollar. You know, we're known for these great great prices, and so when they want to resell it for whatever reason, sometimes they're just moving in and out of items, other times they're downsizing or they've just moved on. Um, you know, they they come back and they let us they let us do it all over again now with them as the seller. Um, and, you know, REA auctions, they're just fun to be a part of, whether you're buying or selling. I think guys like the energy that goes with our auctions. They like that they are these big hobby events and, and they want to be part of it however they can. We are chatting with Brian Dwyer from uh, REA Auctions. Brian, you have a signed root ball? You have a couple. Or is, yeah, tell us, there's one that is like, wow, that sticks out. Can you tell us about the uh, that yeah. root ball? Yeah, so we've got just a dynamite ball, a single Ruth ball from the 1920 season, uh, graded an 8.5 by PSA. The signature is a nine. So, I mean, that's just a ball that the, the condition is exceptional. And then we've got balls signed by Ruth at, at various other price points. We've got a uh, a ball that came from an executive at uh, Draper Maynard, so the sporting goods manufacturer. We got a, a number of original photos from, from that collection and a signed Ruth ball. Then we've got Ruth balls in the five to ten thousand dollar range. So you know the nineteen twenty single that's a six figure that's a six figure autograph. That's um, that's the best of the best. Uh, but there's a little something for everyone if you're looking for a Ruth signed ball. Hey Brian, do you have any? Um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any interesting stories behind how you acquired these? Whether that was the source of them, you know, the consigners. I found you know the, the old story found it in. My grandfather's attic while I was cleaning out, stuff like that. Any interesting uh, sources in terms of these items? Yeah. So actually, I mean, we we seem to always attract great, great stories. We yeah. seem to attract a lot of uh, out-of-the-hobby material. We've actually introduced a part on our website to, mm -hmm. to specifically tell these stories. So we've got this section now called uh, Our Consigner Stories, where we profile some of the traditional collectors and then non-traditional ways in which stuff comes to us. Um, one that's catching my eyes, act, uh, or catching, you know, coming to mind actually has a New England connection. So we have a never before seen 1917 Babe Ruth uh, brewery calendar. And it was discovered in a New England barn many years ago. <laughs> and then it was actually brought to the hobby's attention on Antiques Roadshow. Wow. So the, the guy that found it in this uh, barn in maybe Vermont or New Hampshire brought it to a roadshow taping. 
They they looked at it on the roadshow. They put it on the air on the roadshow. Now he's decided to sell it. Uh, decided to sell it. So you know that's that's a cool thing uh, tying in with you know a lot of people are familiar with the roadshow. I went to a roadshow taping myself twenty years ago. So that that's one that's pretty cool. Ellen and I still watch it whenever it's on. It's kind of I just I always enjoyed it. Brian, um, we've got a few minutes left for this first segment. Um, you seem to have a lot of pre 1900 cards in this particular auction, like a ton of them. Um, number one, are those cards picking up ahead of steam? Those, not just old judge, but that all of those, those cards from pre 1900s, is there more interest in those cards today? I think we're seeing a lot of interest in the Hall of Famers from those from those sets. You know, I think that people are ne- not necessarily um, going to realistically build an old judge set, but they'll they'll go and they'll collect cards of guys like Cap Anson or John Ward or even, you know, non Hall of Famers, but really good players like Bill Dolan or Jack Glasscock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, you know, Mayo's, for example, 1895. Yeah. They're, they're so underrated. They're so tough. I think that we've got a bunch of great ones um, in this auction that that are exciting. So I'm personally a fan. That's where I started putting some of my money when I when I, you know, got a little bit of money to invest. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of those. Yeah, very, very cool. We, we talked a little bit at the beginning about the, you know, the uh, the depth of this auction. Uh, Brian, you've been doing this for a long time at one of the best places to do it. Do you look at this auction yourself and say, hey, this is, yeah, we're always good, but this is this is kind of a, a unique one. This is really packed. Or is it just sort of like, this is what we do? No, I mean, look, I mean, obviously REA has a, a very high standard uh, and reputation to live up to. And, and I think we, we do a great great job auction in and auction out of, of uh, meeting that. But yeah, to your point, I do look at this auction and say, this is deeper. I mean, we have cards from 1865. We have an 1865 yeah. Harry Wright card. And Crazy. Then we've, got, we've got a 2022 Yu-Gi-Oh card, you know, so it really <laughs> it, it runs the gamut. It's got great cards. It's got great memorabilia. It's got over 480 lots of yeah. unopened some boxes. It's got dozens of tickets. I mean, dozens of autographs, um, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, non-sports. It, it truly almost has something for everyone. We are chatting with Brian Dwyer. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Brian's going to be with us for the uh, the whole hour, Brian, right? Awesome. I'm here. Awesome. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Hi, everyone. This is Rico Petroselli. JustCollect.com, a leader in the vintage sports card industry, is giving free appraisals on your vintage cards. They'll evaluate your collection for free and let you know the value of it at no cost and no obligation. If you're ready to sell, JustCollect.com will offer you industry-leading prices to buy your card collection. To begin your free baseball card appraisal, 
Visit JustCollect.com or call them at 732-828-2261. That's JustCollect.com for your free vintage card appraisals and top buy prices for your cards. Check out JustCollect.com today. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back and we are chatting with Brian Dwyer of REA Auctions. Uh, Johnny's in the house, JM. I talked to Rico today. Rico's, he's on the road too, you know. What's he doing? He's driving home. Oh, from Florida. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He and Elsie are driving home. They take their time. Yep. Um, are you meeting them on the way or anything? Or? I told him I'd meet him at, uh, what are they, what's the name of that place? South of the Border. Uh, <laughs> you know, the place that's like is falling apart. I told him I'd meet him there for a hot dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're on their oh, way back. Man. So it's going to be good to get Y'all back. Y'all are coming back. I love I'll it. I'll tell you, he's, he was telling me. Uh, that uh, he's got a really busy summer. I guess the Red Sox are loading them up this summer. So how long does does he stay in Florida the whole winter season like you? Or 
Yeah, he gets there uh, right after Christmas and uh, stays till the middle of uh, middle of Does April. Does he have gigs that he sets up down there? Yeah, he, well, he's yeah. right near the ballpark. So, they, oh, yeah, they beautiful. do. Yeah. You know something? This stuff that he does, I don't even want to hear it. I, and I tell him that. <laughs> it's, talk about talk about a no-show job, you know? <laughs> Rico, you're going to throw a uniform on and uh, go smooth with these people or pretend you're giving this, uh, this single-A player some instruction, you know? <laughs> his hand on his shoulder and points die yeah, right. <laughs> and they pay him for that. Oh, it's just crazy. But he's got a lot of gigs lined up for the uh the Red Sox this summer. Good for I him. guess they're really they're tapping into uh some of the old time ball players like himself and Tion. They should. They Lon should Borg. Yeah, yeah. Yaz is Yaz has got some health issues. Dwight Evans. I guess they're gonna be doing a lot with They better guys. tap into the old guys because without Duval they <laughs> The new guys may. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, hey, when you Brian, know. that's when you know the Red Sox are rough, when they, they always bring out Ortiz. The more you see David Ortiz in the field, the worse the Red Sox are doing. <laughs> remember, remember, remember this guy? Exactly. <laughs> Brian, uh, what, explain to our, our uh, internet audience, what do you mean by internet lots only? Yeah, so we we talked about earlier um, how long it takes us to put together these auctions, and so there's with these catalog auctions, there's uh, print deadlines, and you know we have to we have to get the files to our printer a couple weeks before the auction starts. So invariably, items will come in after the deadline, and uh, people want to get them in the auction, but they don't uh, they don't appear in the catalog. So it's an opportunity for someone to come and put their item in our auction, but it only appears on our website. And uh, and that's what we mean by internet only internet only items. Do you get a lot of uh, for your for your catalog? Um, do you get a lot of online visual? I mean, do a lot of people go through the catalog online? People definitely do go through the catalog online. You know, we uh, we offer a digital catalog. We offer obviously our bidding platform to go sure. lot by lot. We send out thousands of these hard cop you know hard copy catalogs we set up at shows to allow people to come in and look at items we're actually for the first time ever doing a pop-up event this week uh thursday and friday with just collect who's a you know another advertiser here on the show um in in new jersey we're actually going to be at the just collect store with yeah we talked about oh, that great. a couple of weeks ago on the air with uh with layton yeah that yeah. they were really excited about it so we're really excited about it too. You know, it's going to be an opportunity for us to show off 50 or a hundred, maybe of our, of our biggest and best items. It'll be an opportunity for people to come out and see items in person in a very intimate setting that they may maybe have never seen before. Um, so, you know, we're excited. So there's a lot of different ways that people can see the material and interact with the material. And we're just trying to make sure that people see it and, and get a chance to bid on it. You guys have a great catalog. You do JM, you don't get the catalog, you know, I get it. Yeah. Um, between them, like memory lane, and you know what the best reading is right in the bathroom, man. That is great. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. That's what's great bathroom reading. Like yeah. you would not believe. And you can really take your time. You go through it. It's awesome. It really is awesome. Brian, you mentioned uh, what you're going to be doing with Just Collect, and it reminded me of when uh, we saw you at the National uh, this past year. And your setup there was outstanding. But even more than the items you had, which were great, and the place looked great and awesome, is that you guys looked like you really were enjoying that kind of interaction, that, that you know, being there face-to-face -face with the fans, with the collectors, as opposed to the, you know, just being online with an auction. Uh, you must be looking forward to the, the Just Collect thing, but just talk about that a little bit. Um, you can feel the cards. You can touch the cards. You can talk to yourself and, and talk to Good the fans. Point. That's pretty great. 
Yeah, I mean, we've we've covered it a number of times. Obviously, I've been on with you guys yeah. uh, many times over the years. I got my start as a as a little kid, so I mean, I'm a I'm a collector. I love this stuff. Any opportunity I get to be around other collectors, share the passion, see the excitement. You know, you hand a uh, you hand a kid Babe Ruth's bat. You you know, you show even a grown man a Babe Ruth yeah. baseball that that <laughs> looks like it. You know, um, is the best one in the world. You know that that's really exciting. People, some people have never seen a Mickey Mantle rookie card or a T206 Wagner in person. So we love the shows. We love the national. We're excited about the the Just Collect event. You know, anything to. Uh, get out and, and meet people and build relationships because relationships is really what builds our auctions. You know, whether people come in as bidders or buyers, um, you know, generally the, the, the more relationship you have with someone, the more likely they are to do business with you. Yep. Brian, are you going to have a presence at the Altman show at all? We will be up there. Yep. Oh, so you we, won't, you we, won't be there, but some of your crew will be there. Correct. Yeah. So we have a booth up there and uh, you know, that Boston area, big hotbed. So looking forward to it. Yeah. It is a pretty strong area, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mentioned this. I, something you may want to look into. I, I mentioned this to um, was it last week when Rico was on? Uh, I can't remember who we mentioned. Oh, Brian Dw- uh, Brian Trent. You know we're, we're uh, the, you know Chris Costa, don't you, John? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Chris Chris is doing a Chris Costa. His dad is a huge Boston personality in the city, and Chris is doing a card show at Fenway Park in May, at the end of May, uh, right on the concourse. And they're calling it the Fenway Card Show. So Red Sox have bought into it. And he called me up. You may want to follow up on this, Brian, because he said, he asked me, he said, Zap, he said, listen, he said, you know, we, we want to, we don't want to overload the show with modern and ultra modern, you know, uh, uh, businesses. He says, can you, can, you know, mention to some of your, uh, advertises that we'd love some vintage guys in there. So, and it's going to be in the concourse. It's going to be a pretty big show and a pretty good show. And I think it's going to be an annual show. So something uh, you may want to look into. Yeah. that sounds pretty cool. Brian flats. Let's talk about sign flats. I mean, uh, really, really a hot, hot item right now between whether it be an index card or a sign card. Talk about that. I mean, sign cards have really, really caught on fire. They have. Yeah. So, you know, we're seeing a a big um, push for signed rookie cards used to be taboo to get your card signed. But now the hobby seems to be uh, really placing a significant value on signed rookies and especially high grade um, signed rookies. You know, like we have a, a, a Griffey, 89 Upper Deck Griffey, nine with a 10 autograph that's selling for many, many multiples of what a, just a regular nine would sell for. Um, so, you know, we have a T206 uh, Rube Marquard signed. You wow. know, those, are, those are cards that used to be sent through the mail and and people would sign them. Uh, Wayner signed cards. I mean, just, you know, guys that lived into the, the 70s or even the late 60s that were doing through the mail in the earliest days of the hobby. And then you get the traditional flats, like we have contracts. We have a uh, a bunch of Gabby Hartnett contracts. We have Grover Alexander payroll checks. We have a Babe Ruth check made out to Claire Ruth, graded an eight. Um, you know, we have signed index cards. We have cut signatures. We have, um, you know, Satchel Page signed uh, picture pack from the, the 47 Indians uh, rookie year, 48 Indians. So, you know, it's um, flats take on a number of different shapes and sizes, but they're all they're all really cool. And uh, and fun to collect. Interesting. I, I mean, the the contract thing to me has to me has blown up. 
You know, it's like that's just become such a big thing over the last, especially over the last year or so. Anyway, just seeing it, whether it's, you know, doing show research on auction houses or it just comes up in conversation on the show. Why is that to you, Brian? Why has that become two-parter? Why do you think they've become so popular? And where the hell do these, I mean, do they come from people that worked for the the team or, you know, were around the team? What what are your thoughts on that and the source of these? Because we're seeing them a lot now in these auctions. Yeah. So, I mean, I can speak to, um, you know, we are probably the industry leader in contracts. I think we have sold more contracts than any other auction house. And typically, uh, especially in the case of a lot of the Chicago Cubs contracts that we've been offering over the last couple of years, they came from a former executive with the team. Uh, he was a GM at one point in time. He was a business manager at another. Yep. And, you know, the the club's doing renovation and they're, um, they're cleaning out and they say, Hey, throw this out. And, and some guys just said, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it. And and they put it in their basement and then they die. And then their family has to, uh, you know, just dispose of them. So um, with respect to the Hartnett and the Alexanders and the Foxes and all those that we've had lately, they came from someone related to the Cubs. I, I love mine, Brian. I, you know, yeah, I bought you got, one. You got, I got one, from one that uh, collection. Yeah. From that collection, I have a, a Grover Cleveland, 1922 Grover <laughs> Cleveland signed contract signed in two places. That's one of my favorite pieces. You know, it's JM, his DNA is on it. You know what I mean? You open it up, you it's, read the contract. It was sitting in front of the, the guy. Scene. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah right. Awesome. Exactly. That exactly. kind of, that's, that's, that's the, the answer as to why they've become so popular. Yeah. Right. You know, the player had them in their hands, you know, that they were integral to something that the player was doing that year. And meaning in Alexander's case, if he won the pitching triple crown that year, boom, this is the contract that set him on this path. You know, uh, Ted Williams, we sold Ted Williams rookie contract recently, $192,000. This is what Ted Williams signed as an 18-year-old. We yeah. sold Jackie Robinson's 49 contract, his MVP season for almost 300 grand. That's you know, unbelievable. These, these were in their hands. <laughs> these are business documents. You know the signatures are good. Um, so they're they're really special. They're cool. And they're, they're fun for us to handle. Yeah. Brian, game-use bats, um, you have quite a few of them. They haven't lost their luster at all, have they? No, as a matter of fact, I mean, I think they've gained in popularity. I, I've always been kind of beating the drum of game use memorabilia and, uh, and you know, the value that they represent compared to some of these cards. You know, we have a game use Willie McCovey bat in this auction. And, and you look at what that bat's going to cost relative to high grade cards from, you know, early in his career. And it, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, again, talk about being in his hands. This is something that he knocked out hits and homers with potentially. So um, we've got this collection that I mentioned earlier that we picked up in January has over a hundred game used bats that'll be coming up for sale in the summer and the fall. Um, And and I like them and I think they're still a good bargain, you know, compared to other parts of the hobby. We talked a little bit earlier about guys that have maybe a a mythical quality about them. And Zap mentioned, you know, we talked about Matthewson, Walter Johnson. I think if there's two guys that epitomize class in baseball, getting back to cards a little bit, I think Joe DiMaggio and Sandy Koufax – very similar in personality. Uh, they were stars. You know, they were they were bigger than life stars. And uh, you have a, a 39 DiMaggio play ball PSA 9 and a 55 tops Koufax, also a 9. Can you talk about those two items a little bit? Yeah, I mean, both both tremendous cards. I mean, to yeah. your point, both top-tier Hall of Famers, uh, very widely collected, very revered figures, uh, passionate fan bases, 
Um, you know, the play ball DiMaggio, this, this is a card that's really tough to find in high grade play balls had all sorts of different condition flaws. They were made on, on poor paper. They, they, uh, they didn't survive in, in this type of condition. Um, and so to see that DiMaggio, I mean, that's a card that's going to sell for hundred thousand plus and, and it's worth every penny in my opinion, the 55 Kofax again, you know, first year for Kofax first year that tops made horizontal cards. It's got a lot of cool features going for it. It pairs well with the Clemente, which, you know, you talked about earlier, we have in a nine as well. So yep. um, great cards. We're, we're thrilled to have them in any grade. There's buyers for them in any grade. When you get them in nines, it's, it's extra special. Is, um, is, does Kofax still sign? To the best of my knowledge, I mean, he does limited signings. I think he's got an exclusive uh, uh, autograph deal, and they'll maybe do a limited private signing. But to the best of my knowledge, Ryan, what is your what is your thought? Uh, switching gears for a minute, what's your thought on the whole uh, dynamic of what's happened in the card industry with Panini and Tops and all that? Is it good? Is it bad? Are you is, are you are you uh, uh, curious, or uh, uh, you know, what's what's your overall opinion on the, the whole Panini uh, thing? Yeah, so I mean, from where I sit, I don't know that it's good or bad. I think it's all very interesting, and I think that we won't know really how it all plays out until a couple years down the line. I think that it's ultimately a lot of the innovation is going to be great for bringing in young collectors, and I think that you're going to see. Um, some new cool stuff. I mean, this tops rookie debut patch that they're doing. I mean, I think that's ingenious. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, what some of this uh, activity does and the innovations that it bring. I don't know that it'll be negative, but you know, I guess the jury's still out. Um, Let's talk about third party grading. I mean, you know, PSA is the gold standard still, in my opinion, and in the opinion of most collectors uh, for, for third party grading. But there seems to be a lot of grading companies that are popping up. Um, are those are those companies going to are they going to stick around? Are they going to be around? Because I mean, personally, again, I know this is a big PSA sponsored show, but I mean, are you going to roll the dice uh, on a, on a really high end card and give it to a to a to a newly formed grading company? And uh, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, so I think that uh, PSA and and the other companies like SGC and Beckett, yeah. you know, they they have staying power, right? They've been around for decades. They have uh, big, wide collecting bases. They have significant resale history, and you kind of know what you're going to get and what you can expect. And I think that that ultimately is going to be the challenge and the barrier to a lot of these new companies sticking around is that there's not going to be that robust secondary market. There's not going to be that robust collector base that is out there buying and supporting and building sets in those holders. And so I think that ultimately, no, that, that you know a lot of these newly formed companies are not going to have the longevity. You do have to realize, though, that PSA's shutting down, obviously, a couple of years ago. That was the the impetus and the genesis of a lot right. of these companies. You know, you had a uh, 13 million card backlog and and uh, people couldn't submit cards. And so people said, well, let, let, let's see if we can meet a meet a need. Obviously, PSA has done a, a good job of, of uh, reducing that backlog and making it so that people can submit cards. So, you know, I think that as long as PSA and the other major grading companies are firing on all cylinders – it's going to be tougher for these, uh, you know, newly formed companies to stick around. 
Brian, you have a, a 1956 Topps uh, complete set uh, in, in this auction. I'm just using this as a springboard for this question because is there a decision-making process when you get something like that to either keep it as a complete set or break out you know, some of the cards that are in that set? Because obviously there are some great individual cards in that set. What's that thought process like? And talk about the, the, uh, this particular set in your auction. Yeah, so I mean this this 56 top set it's all eight. It's a handful of sets that we've chosen to keep together. We've got an 86 Fleer uh, basketball set in all 10s just missing Jordan. Yep. We've got uh, 65 baseball in all eights. We've got 69 basketball in all eights. In each of those instances it was the discussion with the consigner as to how they wanted it presented. Gotcha. So on these big ticket items, you know, we will have consultation with the consigners yep. and say, here's what we can do where do you, you know, where do you fall on, on the, on the spectrum? You know, a lot of people say I built it. I, I want to sell it. Like I built it card by card. And other people say, I want to keep it intact because it was 10 years of my life, you know? Um, so <laughs> do you advise them? Do you give them your advice in that conversation? This might sell better, you know, things like that, or. So in the case of these four sets, I mean, they're so mainstream. There's no hidden value, really. I mean, I think that uh, selling them, we had no qualms presenting them complete because we know they're going to reach their value. Right. Certainly on some of these other sets, you know, like T206, we advise people to break up T206 sets because there's more nuances. There's more potential for, you know, back variations and and uh, people building sets in fives versus ones. You know, sometimes these really mixed grade sets um, don't reach their full value unless they're they're broken up. So yeah, we give people our advice, but in the case of those sets that I just mentioned, I mean they're gonna they're gonna sell for what they're worth uh, intact or or apart. We have chatting with Brian Dwyer from REA Auctions. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We come back. Brian's gonna stick with us. I think Jared from uh, Pristine is gonna be joining us. Hang in there. We will be all right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. With record-breaking sales from everything from the white border T206 Hollandus Wagner for $3.12 million to some great items that support the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Golden Auctions has set the highest standards for the finest in sports cards, autographs, and game-used memorabilia. We're always accepting consignments of high-end premium sports treasures or entire collections. Please register for our next auction and bid now at goldenauctions.com. That's golden with an I. We at Golden Auctions are committed to providing 
providing unsurpassed customer service for the discriminating collector. That's exactly why we're the leader in the industry. Visit goldenauctions.com or call 856-767-8550. Remember, Golden Auctions. We don't just break records, we shatter them. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured, climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. 
your Vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay Vault at checkout. Or, if it's already in the eBay Vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay Vault is just as easy. Every card in the Vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay Vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay Vault. And remember that the eBay Vault is climate-controlled, insured, and protected with 24-hour security. Soon, you'll be able to send cards already in your collection directly to the eBay Vault. They will take high-quality photos of the front and back of the card and document all the details for your viewing pleasure and to make the listing-to-sell process seamless. For more info, go to ebay.com, connecting buyers and sellers globally. Okay, here we are back for our last segment. We've got about 12 minutes and... In with us now is another dear sponsor, a great sponsor of the show. Been with us for a long time, Jared Cavley from Pristine Auctions. You know, Brian and Jared, they're kind of friendly competitors. Not really the same market, but uh, they both, they both uh, shine at what they do. Jared, how you doing? Yeah, doing good. How are you guys? Good, good. Hey, Jared. Jared, you're, you know, I, I just shake my head when I open up, when I go onto your, your website. Uh, like Brian, you guys just have thousands of items uh, an amazing array of baseball, basketball, historical documents. Um, right now, it seems though you're really heavy in baseball items. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that is somewhat out of our control. You know, it's whatever really is in market, whatever people are sending, every, whatever's coming through the back door is really what's hitting the site. So sometimes we'll have little specialty auctions. Um, and, of course, with baseball just starting, we'll uh, – We'll usually look for those items specifically just because, you know, what's hot in collectibles is usually what's happening now. So that's why you see probably more baseball than usual. How how does the whole concept of the 10-minute auction, I I mean, that's like, talk about a creative marketing thing. How does it work? Yeah, it's funny because that's probably the biggest thing we get asked, you know, especially for those who are just kind of checking out our site um, or those who aren't even really into collectibles and look at our site, that's one of the first things people ask. But yeah, essentially that's exactly what it is, is there's 10 items that are only live for 10 minutes. Um, you don't know what's coming. However, something that's kind of new to our site is currently only on our app, but you can actually see the schedule for to, for the next day or like the upcoming schedule for that day and set up alerts so that you can get them. So you don't necessarily have to be on the site all day long to see what's coming up. And there's the no reserve, is, right? There's no reserve. No reserve, yeah. No, and no extended bidding there. So, you know, most most auctions um, with us and, and standard for most auction houses is that has extended bidding. So it's kind of like the going once, going twice sold method at the end. Yeah. Um, and our, our extended bidding is 10 minutes on each lot. So if there's a new bid under 10 minutes, it goes back to 10 minutes. Um, in a 10-minute auction, it doesn't. So it's literally the second it ends, it's over, and uh, the highest bidder gets it. So it creates some pretty pretty wild bidding sometimes. It's a lot of fun. Hey, Jared, I noticed uh, right at the top of your auction, you have uh, Patrick Mahomes item, Travis Kelsey. Um, I want to talk to you about a little bit about Mahomes. Um, and Brian, right. you, can, you can jump in on this too as well. Um, with that last Super Bowl now, I mean, is he getting up into that category now of a guy that you really need to watch? You could become one of these special type iconic figures in the hobby because I, I, I think he's getting there if he's not there already. 
He's, hey, yeah, he's you no know, Mac Jones. He's no Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it brings up an interesting topic because you, you, you kind of laugh about Mac Jones. I mean, people are paying Mahomes prices for Mac Jones because they, yeah. you know, it, right. it's crazy what people right. pay for prospects. Right? Yeah, right. So right. Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes has kind of always been priced where he is, I think. I mean, from as far back as I've looked, you know, for months, for years, really. People expected this out of Mahomes, so he's achieved it. And I don't know that it really boosts his value. I mean, it kind of does when he hit, as soon as he wins a Super Bowl, you see a little boost. Yeah, but then it's kind of back where it's always been because he's just always been hot. Well, Brady, so you know, he's Tom, one of the. Go ahead. He's one of the guys who's actually met those expectations, and you actually haven't probably lost on that investment. I, um, I always say now, some Tom, others haven't. Tom Brady has like wrecked everything for everyone now in football. <laughs> like Tom Brady, and by the way, Tom Brady had to win five Super Bowls before they said he was better than Joe Montana. It's like <laughs> no, now you got to go yeah. win eight. It's just crazy, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to ask Absolutely. both of you guys this question because I know uh, you sometimes are a little strong on uh, historical documents, uh, Jared. You know, you've, you've got one. Uh, the Lincoln William Seward one. By the way, JM, do you know who William Seward is? Uh, I used to. <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy. The night that Lincoln was assassinated, they tried to whack him. Also, okay. he was in bed. Yeah. They stabbed yeah. him. Yeah, I did. He used was to the know secretary. That. I think the secretary of war. Right. So that's a pretty cool piece. Uh, Jared, you get into historical pieces quite a bit, and Brian, you get into historical pieces now and then. T- talk about that, both of you guys, real quickly. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm a historical expert by any means. I think that I was a little bit lost on that one as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's kind of whatever gets consigned to us. You know, we'll, anything that's collectible, that's that's desirable um, and authentic, you know, we'll, we'll offer in our auction. So, um, and yeah, some of that stuff is pretty wild to see. It's, you know, crazy. it's not the every, everyday item that you see coming through the door when it's something like that. Brian, how about you? Yeah, we're very much the same. I mean, we will accept stuff if we think we can do well with it, right? So you'll you'll never see like a Ming vase in our uh, in our <laughs> auction, but there's a lot of crossover. You'll see coins, you'll see comics, you'll see historical documents, and I actually own a Lincoln myself because I I look at him and I think you know I paid eighty eight hundred dollars for my Lincoln signed commission, and uh, Shohei Otani stuff's going for multiples of that. It's just a little bit of a disconnect in my mind. So I think it represents a good value, and we're we we, we love getting them in. You know, uh, Clean Sweep Auctions a couple of years back had a, a Mother Teresa. Uh, <laughs> I bid on it. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> I don't keep it kind of cool to have a you know Mother Teresa autograph. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Jared, uh, talk about the Pristine Auctions race team. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, racing has become kind of a passion of mine. Um, because of us, we grew up here in Phoenix, going to church with the family, the boat family, and he, he raced in the Indy 500. So one of my favorite things growing up was watching him race the Indy 500. And then you see him on church on Sunday. It was the coolest thing ever. Um, but, uh, so growing up watching him and then he, he stopped racing, of course, retired. And then I fell, fell out of love with racing. Cause when you know somebody, when you have a kind of a, a horse in the race, it's a totally different game. Absolutely. You know, it, it makes it completely different. So, um, his son started racing Chad, who I've, I've known all these years. And we started sponsoring him um, on his race team. They were pretty low budget, so he didn't have a ton of success. He was super talented, but didn't really raise up the ranks like some of the other kids. Um, but now he owns a dirt team. And so a lot of the guys, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, um, all these guys who go down to race dirt, Chad Boat has one of the top uh, dirt racing teams. And so we sponsored him for a lot of years, still do. Um, and so that's gotten my passion to grow, you know, getting to know some of these guys. Christopher Bell raced for him for a while. I've gotten to know him really well. They actually just won this last Sunday. So, uh, yeah, you know, once you have a race, a dog in a fight, man, it's just a, a lot of fun to watch. So we, and, we sponsor several guys. 
Are you still doing uh, works with uh, Identity Hoops International? We we're not working with them directly anymore. Um, we have we have a relationship with them, but we we aren't we aren't uh, working with them directly anymore. But we do uh, Hope Sports is one that we still work with uh, very closely. We send a team there. We try every year, maybe every other. This last year, we brought our kids with us, and it was one of the coolest experiences ever. It's a great team building experience, and then of course we get to build a home for a family. So it changes their lives. Brian, Jared, what about REA? Do you guys do uh, any, you know, behind the scenes uh, donations, charity work, things like that? Yeah, so we've actually used our platform to hold auctions for certain charities. A um, couple in the February auction, we we helped a consigner raise $35,000. We donated all of our commissions uh, based on um, what he sold for a child uh, a charity down in Alabama. So, yeah, you know, we, we love using our platform to give back wherever we can. Both of you guys uh, were very, very helpful. Uh, I don't know, three or four or five years ago, we did a uh, a fundraiser for the Jimmy Fund at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Uh, and both of you guys donated some really cool stuff. And we raised uh, we raised like 25000 bucks in two hours. So it was a, it was a very successful. Uh, they were thrilled. We were thrilled. And, you know, guys like you really, really helped us out. Jam? Yeah, no, I was going to ask Jared, you know, there's a, in the hobby, there's kind of the pros and cons back and forth on, you know, an item that has multiple signatures on it. But I have to, there's a really cool item, and I don't always talk about Yankee stuff, but you have a Yankee signed jersey that has a lot of the guys from those 90s teams, those late 90s teams that, that did really well. You have Posada, Williams, Cohn, and others, Matsui, Bog. Can you talk about that item a little bit? It was really cool. Yeah, you're you're teaching me here. There's so many items on the site that I don't always I don't always see them all myself. But um, when you bring up a topic like that, it's always an interesting thing as as an autograph collector. So I used to chase autographs here in Phoenix, um, and I would never really get people on the same item. So obviously, it's a cool item and people yeah. love it. And uh, there's some guys, you know, some of the lower tier guys on the team, they don't really belong on their own item. So it makes a lot of sense to to put them on as a team. But when you have some of those superstars, you know, the Derek Jeters, the Posadas, um, Clemens, you know, all those guys on one item, you actually would probably make a lot more putting them on separate items so right. as a collector you know and it depends i mean everyone has their preference a team item is of course highly. but as a big like if you're a big yankee series. fan though like that's a neat yeah. item to go after of all those guys on there Good at point. once Abs- you know absolutely yeah, yeah i mean yeah, not, a, not a ton of those out there you know and hey, for that reason because a lot of collectors are going to try to get them on individual items right putting them all on the same one so it makes it a little more rare hey we have a couple of minutes left how are your diamondbacks going to do this year <laughs> i I don't know. You tell me. I, I, I've kind of been out of that game because the Diamondbacks have disappointed us for so many years. I'm more of a basketball guy here, and bat- obviously basketball. Oh, Suns, yeah. You know, uh, we, we always tell yeah. we always tell Ken they're going to win the National this year. They're going to win it all. Like that's, every time we communicate, that's yeah. what, that's Hey, what listen, it's, Jared. It's, Jared, it's, we it's might have a uh, for many years. We might have a Celtics Suns NBA Finals this year. That could happen. Let's do it. I'd like, love that. Actually, my, my nephew, my nephew is a big Celtics fan, so that and might Brian, be a little, little Brian, uh, you, sketchy, but we'll do it. And Brian, of course, you get your Yankees, correct? I mean, I grew up in a Mets household, but yeah, Yankees <laughs> dominate the conversation here locally. But speaking of disappointments, I mean, we got a lot of Knicks fans around here too. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. Let, let me tell you something. The Red Sox suck. We all know that they stink. <laughs> However, with that being said, we very, very well could have an NBA championship and an NHL championship I'll this tell year. You so what. I'll take that. Yeah. I, I will certainly take that. I have something to say about that, but all right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, hey, going to have something to say about that. Uh, both of you guys are going to be at the National, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. looking forward to it. Uh, Chicago's a great venue. It's a great venue. I think yeah, it's, the, it's, the best, it's the best national venue. 
Uh, you know that there's some changes. Everybody knows the changes that are coming about uh, with the national uh, after this year. I think it's all for the good. Um, you know, Joe and his crew uh, are coming in, uh, Joe Drellick. And, uh, you know, John is exiting. John's done a great job, too. So uh, I, we're going from good hands into good hands, you know. So, all right, listen, guys, we're just about out of time. Uh, Jared, thank you so much. Uh, your your website address? Yeah, pristineauction.com. Pristine auctions. And uh, Brian, as always, uh, good luck with your auction. You guys have done, both done a great job. You're great, great supporters of the show. Let me tell you something. Our numbers have been off the charts. Yeah. Even we don't know what the hell's going on. But <laughs> I'm, I mean, they have been off the charts. I mean, like, it's, are you, are you like, it's like amazing. I think my kids are watching it now, my grandkids. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, both of you guys, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. Jay, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the studio. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to having you back here, buddy. It'll be great. And, and Chrissy, the same thing with you. At least uh, she has some beauty to her. We'll be seeing you guys in the studio. Rico's on so, his way man. back, so we're all going to be back together. With that being said, we love you guys, and happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.